So last week we were talking about the throne room of heaven. We, we had this picture of the Lamb of God, the 24 elders worshiping, the four creatures, uh, the cherubim worshiping the Lord. And they, they were looking to see if there's anyone worthy to open up the scroll that had seven seals. And what seals were used for in this day is to keep something confidential, to not let something get out. Important documents were sealed at this time, such as uh, deeds of houses or marriage certificates or, or certain uh, things that no one, they, they don't want anyone to know about. So this was a top secret document. God said, I want it sealed. There were seven seals on it. But there was nobody worthy to open up those seals until the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, came on the scene. Thank you, Jesus, for that. The game changer. And the Bible says that uh, John didn't know this, and John was crying, goes, oh, no, no one could open up the seven-sealed scroll. Oh, he's crying, he's weeping. And then all of a sudden, someone came up and said, John, stop crying. The lamb was found worthy to open up the scroll. And for you that are, are here today, it's your very first time, you're like, what are you talking about? It may be your first time watching online. I'm going to simplify it. Jesus won. Jesus wins. Jesus wins for us to be part of his team, and his team is number one. So getting back to the seven uh, uh, sealed scroll, um, the Bible says the lamb comes. He's able to open it. So jump with me to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. And today we're going to be looking at one tough question that uh, I think a lot of us are wondering. Uh, what are the signs of the Antichrist? And that's a question we're going to look, look upon today. But out of the book of Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. The Bible says this. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood. From every tribe and language and people and nation. I'm going to jump to verse 10. The Bible says you made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign on the earth. Why don't we go ahead and pray today. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, I pray right now that you would help us. You would strengthen us. Lord, I pray that you help this series bring application to our lives, to our church, that we would grow, that we would be ready for your return. I pray right now that you would help every single one of us, Lord, that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would move in a tremendous way inside of our lives, and we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, and all of God's people said, amen. Now, in this time, we see that God reveals to John the judgments that are going to come on the earth during the great tribulation. And we start off with the seven seals uh, found here. And then we're going to look to the seven trumpets. And then the seven vials or bowls of God's wrath that come upon the earth. And today we're going to be looking at the seven seals. And the first seal is found in the book of Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to run through them really quick. But number one, we're going to kind of stay there for a little bit, Okay. The Bible says this, it says, I, in verse, chapter 6 of Revelation, it says, Then I saw the Lamb open one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there was a white horse, its rider howled a bow, a crown 
was given to him, and he went out to conquer in order to conquer. He went out as a conqueror in order to conquer. Now, this first uh, seal that was broken, we see a horseman. We see a horseman coming on a white horse with a bow, and this represents to us the Antichrist, who is going to be what? He's going to be a political leader. A lot of people have speculated who he is and say, oh, this guy was him and that guy was him. And you know what? I think we, we can get to that place where we're trying to say who it is, but let's be careful with that. Because even uh, Martin Luther, he, he said that the Pope of his day was the Antichrist. This was hundreds of years ago, and we know he was not the Antichrist. He had a spirit of the Antichrist, but he wasn't the Antichrist. In the 1940s, many people said that Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. Was he the Antichrist? No, he was not. He, he's not the Antichrist. So today there's many people that we can speculate, this guy's the Antichrist, that guy's the Antichrist. But you know what? Right now there's the spirit of the Antichrist in the world. People who are anti-God that's found in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. They have the spirit of the Antichrist. But this man, he's going to be a political leader. He's going to be someone who... who uh, comes on the scene, the Bible says that he's going to come on the scene. Uh, he, he's going to be someone that comes from nowhere. They're going to be like, who is this guy? He's going to rise up, the Bible says, from the sand, on, like the sand on the seashore. The book of Daniel talks about that. But this man uh, is talked about in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, chapter 8, verse 23, as the master of intrigue. Book of Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, and verse 3, as one who brings destruction Book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 as the lawless one. Book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 as the evil man. And the book of Revelations chapter 13 verse 1 as the beast. And so we see this man that he's going to come and that he's going to deceive many. He's going to deceive many to worship him. And, to, and, and the Bible says that people at this time, they're going to be worshiping him. And they're going to be praising him. And anyone that comes against him, you, you're going to face persecution and you will be killed. So if you, maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, um, I'm living kind of a, a bad life right now. And you know what, if the rapture comes, I'll get saved after the rapture. You know what, why don't we just stay saved now? Because the tribulation that's going to come after the rapture, the great delusion that's going to come after the rapture, the persecution that's going to come after the rapture, you don't want to be here during that time. We don't want to be here during that time. If you're here and you're watching this video after the rapture has taken place, let me say to you this, don't get the mark of the beast. It's worth to be martyred and, and be with Jesus than to... Eat and, and, and sell and, and, be, and, and be accepted in society. Hold on to the words of Jesus. See, that's why if you're in a backslidden condition, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Because you're not, you're not living right. You're not living right. I remember years ago watching this, this video. And the video of this pastor preaching, he says, uh, God says God can come, you know, tomorrow. God can come uh, in, in two years. And then he goes, and God can come right now. And then about three quarters of the church disappears. And then there's people that are like, oh. But if Jesus came right now, are we ready? See, some of us have our pajamas on. 
Some of us, we're spiritually in a condition where we're not ready. And that's why God's word to us says, be ready. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God said that to the seven churches found in the book of Revelation. So let us be ready for his return. He's going to be a very charismatic man, attractive. The book of Daniel chapter 7 verse 20 says this. It says, the horn which had eyes and a mouth and spoke upon this words whose appearance was greater than his fellows. A very charismatic leader. Someone that, that draws people to him. Someone that even with false signs and wonders, uh, people are deceived by the spirit of delusion that is over him. He will require worship. He will kill those who don't worship him. Book of Revelation chapter 13 in verse 7 through 8. The Bible says this, and it was permit and and it was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. It was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who lived on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name is not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. The final fate of the Antichrist is that he will be defeated by Christ in the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says this in the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20. Oh, thank you, Brother Joey. Appreciate it. Let's give Joey a clap today. Thank you, Joey. Thank you so much. God, you heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I just want to say this. As being believers, and we know we're bought by the blood of Jesus, we could have fun. Let's have fun. You know, let's enjoy the journey. He's won for us. We can stand in that victory. The Bible says if anyone boasts, let him boast in the Lord. So, that was just a side note. He will be defeated by Christ, this Antichrist who spoke terrible words and, and deceived many and, and persecuted uh, the believers, martyred believers. He will be defeated by Christ. In the book of Revelation, chapter 19 and verse 20, the Bible says this. It says, but the beast was taken prisoner along with the false prophet who had performed the signs in the presence, in its presence, he deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and who worshiped its image with these signs. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword that came from the mouth of its rider on the horse. And all the birds ate their fill of their flesh. Wow. Wow. God wins. Christ comes on a white horse, defeats the Antichrist, the false prophet, throws them into the lake of fire. And this is an amazing, amazing portion of scripture, chapter 19, chapter 20, chapter 21, gives us a real understanding of what's going to take place, of the reality of heaven, 
the reality of hell. And you know the good news today, you know, many times we don't look at it like this, but you know what, today, Sunday morning, we're at outreach right now. Did you ever think about that? We think we're just at a church service, but you know, there's people here that need Jesus. And you can witness to them. You can, you, today, all those that are ministering, whether it's in the nursery or the Sunday school or, or the worship team, you're on an outreach team right now. Why? Because what we're doing is we're populating heaven and you and I are stealing souls from hell. We have to look at it like that. Don't just look at, oh, another boring service. No, there's people here that need Jesus. So Jesus wins. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus wins. So there's many details to everything that takes place in the the book of Revelation. But in a nutshell, Jesus wins. That's the concise version. Jesus wins. He defeats the beast, the false prophet, the dragon, Satan. He wins. And he brings this judgment of these seals. And the second seal is the red horse that comes in the book of Revelation chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Book of Revelation chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. The Bible says this. As when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse went out, a fierce red one with its riders, was allowed to take peace from the earth to the peop- to that, so that people would, be, would slaughter one another, and a, lo- and a large sword was given to him. So this horse represents warfare that's going to come upon the earth in, in a very terrible way. The next seal is the third seal, a black horse, which represents severe famine. So we're going to go ahead and read that in verse 5. It says, Then he opened the third seal, and I heard a third living creature say, Come. And I, I looked, and there was a black horse. Its rider had scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice among the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarters of barley for a denarius, but do not harm the oil and the wine. And so what this represents to us is that there's going to be lack of food here. It represents that a day's wages will buy a loaf of bread. Some of you are saying, man, pastor, that's kind of like gas right now. A day's wages is for a gallon of gas. But you know what? It's going to be a lot more worse in this time. You think about gas, you think about, I'm sorry, bread, it's like maybe $3, a whole day's wages, a denarius for a whole day's labor. Can you imagine that? No wonder so many people are going to look for hope and answers from the Antichrist. The fourth seal, the Bible says this in verse 7. The final horseman that we see here. It says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. And I looked and there was a pale green horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades. Was following after him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, by famine by plague and by wild animals on the earth. 25% of the world's population is going to be killed by war, by famine, by disease. It's going to be a terrible time. 
It's going to be a time where people, you're not going to see, you know, people going to malls. You're not going to see uh, people going to restaurants and people getting married and, and people just, you know, enjoying their Monday evening watching Netflix. It's, it's not going to be a time like that. It's going to be a terrible time. And some of us like, I can relate to that, Pastor Danny, because last year when COVID hit, do you remember driving through the streets and everything being empty? And you going like, I've never seen this before in my whole life. And you're driving and you're going towards, you know, the, the, the restaurants and they're empty and they're closing down. And you're going towards the malls and, and they just look like vacant buildings. And there's all kinds of things taking place. And you and I, we've seen that, I believe, for a reason that God was trying to get our attention do you remember the football games that were canceled, the basketball games that were canceled? Do you remember the loved ones that, had, uh, that we had known that were affected by the COVID? I remember me being in the hospital. It was a terrible, terrible time. And you know what? I believe that God was doing that to give us a wake-up call to be ready. Be ready. I know that sounds so repetitious, but you know, the Bible talks about reminders. That we have to remind each other. I'm not trying to be redundant. I'm not trying to be boring. But I'm trying to remind us, let's be ready. Let's remember what happened last year. Let's remember how our church was affected, how we had to go to the online just a few months ago. And so let us be ready for his return. The fifth seal found in verse 9 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the word of God and the testimony they had given. I want to tell you, your testimony is powerful. It can actually kill us. We, there's a prize for our testimony. But you and I overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and word of our testimony. Which is also found in the book of Revelation. They've been slaughtered because of the word of God and the testimony they had given. They cried out with a loud voice, Lord, the one who's holy and true, how long until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? So they were each given a white robe, and they were told to rest a little while longer until the number would be complete of their fellow servants and their brothers and sisters who were going to be killed just as they had been killed. They're crying out. These martyrs are crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, avenge our blood. Lord, bring justice. God says, I am, but there's still some more time, some things I have to take care of, but everything's going to be okay. Hey, here's a white robe. This is a beautiful robe that you can wear. Praise God, man. When we get to heaven... Can you imagine the robes and the clothes that we're going to be wearing up there? White robes representing the righteous deeds of the saints. This is awesome. The sixth seal. Then I saw uh, him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake, occur earthquake occurred. How many felt the earthquake this morning? Earthquake this morning? We felt it. Okay. And so this violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heavens fell to the earth. And the, as a fig tree drops its unripened fruit and they were shaken by the high wind, the skies were split apart like a scroll being rolled up. And every mountain and island uh, was moved from its place. Uh, then, listen to this one. Oh, my gosh. This is. This is so good. Then the kings of the earth and the nobles and the generals and the rich and the powerful 
and every slave and every free person hid in the caves among the rocks and the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of the one who is seated on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand it? Life is not the same. Life is not the same. People are not going out on vacations at this time. People are not, you know, going to the Super Bowl. This is just a totally different place. People are looking for some type of, of stability, and that's why many are turning to the Antichrist for food, for possession, for, for, for position. And that's why they're turning there. Now, you and I, as the people of God, are, 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 as we're reading the book of Revelation, as we're going through the book of Revelation, we see some amazing things. And one of the amazing things that we see is we see the wrath of God being poured out on mankind. And that brings us to the theological question, how can God bring judgment on people? Why does God bring judgment on people? Now, as Christians, you and I are saved and uh, you and I are living for the Lord. You and I, we're going to enter into a different type of judgment when you and I stand before the, the, uh, the, the beam of seat of Christ. It's going to be different. We're going to be judged for our actions. We're going to be judged for uh, our opportunities. We're going to be judged for the words that we said, the words that we've spoken, for the motives of our heart. Now, this judgment is a totally different judgment. This is a judgment that God comes and that God, he brings these things that take place that are, are, are tremendous things. And people are going through a, a total, total different type of judgment. And this judgment here uh, is, is a judgment that we see that God brings. And people say, well, how can God bring that type of judgment on mankind? Now, let me say this. We have to interpret scripture with scripture. Okay? We've been talking about that a lot. And in the book of Jeremiah, the children of Israel were in a place where God had put them into exile in Babylon and brought judgment on them because of some certain things that they did. But they were living in this valley of Hinnom. The valley of Hinnom was a place where uh, you, you see throughout scripture. And it was a place where they would take out all the trash. They would take out all the dung and they would burn it. There was constant burning there. There was a constant burning there in this place, the valley of Hinnom. Now, this represents the wrath of God. It represents also hell and Hades. And so... God's people, they were in exile, and God told them the reason why you're in exile, the reason why you're in judgment, found in chapter 32 of Jeremiah, is because you gave your kids to the God of Moloch, the Baals, and you sacrificed and you slaughtered your kids. And you did other vile things, he says. But what many people don't know is that at this place, the Valley of Hinnom, years before the Israelites even occupied the promised land, the Canaanites were actually offering their kids to this place. They're offering their kids. They were sacrificing their kids. There was much bloodshed there. So God said, you know what? The reason why the wrath is coming upon you guys is because of the bloodshed. It happened to the Canaanites. It happened to the Israelites. And now in the book of Revelation, it happens to others. And this is what I believe. Looking at scripture. And you may see other things. There's many other things. But I believe that God's judgment comes on what? It comes on bloodshed. When there's bloodshed, God, he's a God of justice. Another thing that God brings justice to, another thing that displeases the Lord, is sexual immorality. 
Another thing that displeases God is worshiping false idols. And that's what you see in the Valley of Hinnom. You see what? They were sacrificing their kids, their sexual immorality, and their worship of false gods. And that's what we see today in our community. We see all these things. And next week we're going to be looking at a couple of more things, but we're going to be looking at a question, where is America in Bible prophecy? And I hope you come next week. I hope you invite someone out next week. But as I'm studying scripture, as I'm looking at scripture, it's very, 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 very uh, alarming. We need to pray. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. And I know this, and let me say this, I know this is not a popular message. You know what, I didn't want to preach it. I didn't want to do this series. But the Lord just kept on pushing me in this place. I can, you know, I can, I can preach to them, hey, three ways that you're going to be just driven with favor and finances. But what if you're driven with favor and finances and you don't make it to heaven? What if I don't make I want to go. And you know what? I'm excited because the house of God is full today. That's a blessing. Praise God. But you know what? We want more than the house of God being full. We want heaven full. We want to be there. We want to be ready. We want to be in that place where God, he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Danny, you did a good job in Whittier. Danny, you did a good job. I want to, hey, he's already did that series on Revelation. That's the one I gave you. That's the one I gave you. And so sometimes uh, I was listening to a song from uh, Bethel Music a couple of not, maybe yesterday, and it said that sometimes the truth is like an arrow. And she says, but Jesus, I will do what you called me to do. The seventh seal opens up the doors to the seven trumpets, more judgments from God. As the worship team makes their way up here today, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 9, verse 20, it says the rest of mankind who are not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works, of their hands. And they did not worship. And, and they, I'm sorry, let me read that one more time. So as not to Worship demons and idols of gold and silver and of brass and of stones of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk, but they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality or thefts. You're here today and you're like in a place where you're like, Man, that's some bad news. That's some really bad news. You know the good thing about God? Is that he always starts off with the bad news first. And then there's good news. I'm not here to be a doomsday preacher of the apocalypse. I'm here just to be a preacher of what God's word says. And the truth of the matter is that there's good news. Turn to your neighbor and say there's good news. Type in the comments, there's some good news. Come on, say it like you mean. Say there's good news. You guys are all sad right now. <laughs> there's good news. There's good news. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. There's good news. There's good news. 
And there, there's seven keys of good news that I want to give you today. And the first good news that I want to give you, maybe you're here today, you're for the very first time, I want to give you some good news. The first one is this, God has given us the choice to serve him or not. We have the choice. That's good news. It's not like the devil just, you know, forces us to serve him. No, we have the choice to resist him and he will flee from us. The second thing of good news that I want to tell you today is that God has, has give, given us people in our life to encourage us in this journey. There's people here today that have encouraged us on our journey. I think about my wife. Man, through the roughest times, my wife has encouraged me. Go forward for God. Just don't give up. Continue to press on. Continue to go forward for the Lord. She encourages me. And today, there's someone in your life that encourages you. They're there for you. They'll give you that call that you need. The third thing today is that God has given. Everyone say, God has given. God has given us the word of God to guide us into his destiny for us. God has given us this beautiful gift. And as uh, Brother Ryan was saying today, there's some people that, man, all they have is half a verse. Some people, they wish they could have the full counsel of the word of God, the full Bible. But God has given us his word. Let us cherish it. I just heard last week that China had removed the Bible app from Apple there in China. Millions of Christians there, they don't have the, they don't have the, 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 the freedom to go download the Bible app there in China anymore. They have lost that freedom. But you and I, we have that freedom where we can just turn on our phone, go to the Bible app, get a word of encouragement. They don't have that privilege. We're blessed with the Bible. Let's read it. Another thing that we're blessed with is God has given us prayer as a lifeline in our time of need. When we are going through the worst time, we can go, God, help me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help me. I don't even know what to say, but just help me. Just help me, Jesus. And you know what? Have you ever been in that place where you said, Jesus, just help me? And you just feel the arms of Jesus come around you. Like you get your kids and you hug your son or your daughter and you say, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. That's the way Jesus is. In our worst moment, he comes to us and he loves us. And he gives that strength and that grace that we need inside of our life. This morning, if we could all stand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning, today. And today as you're your very first time, and I want to encourage you, I just want to say, the Bible says that we've all have sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and every single one of us here today, we are sinners, we need a Savior, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That means that if we die with Jesus in our heart, we surrender, we've repented of our sin, 
that we would be with God forever and ever and ever. Beautiful thing. But the Bible also says that while we were sinners, Christ Jesus died. That means in our darkest moment, Christ died for us. And today I want to encourage you. I want to let you know he loves you. I want to let you know that he loves you so much. For you that are watching online, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And no one looking around, every head bowed and eyes closed. And I want to say that if you're here today, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want your sins forgiven. You say, you know what, I want to join God's family today. Today we have an amazing prayer team to my left, to my right. Right to the side of the stage that's going to pray for you and lead you in the prayer of salvation. You you won't be alone. I guarantee you will not be alone because God loves you. But if that's you today, you say, you know what, Pastor Danny, I want to accept Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. If you could just do one thing, if you could just raise your hand right where you are, just raise it up. Raise up your hand today. God loves you. Raise it up. Say, I want to accept Christ in my life. I want my sins forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Praising you, Jesus. God loves you. All it takes is one person. One person. And maybe you're out there, you're watching online, you say, you know what, Pastor Danny, I want to accept Jesus. Well, let me say, even in your home, you can accept him. Right there in your living room, at your job, you can accept him. I want you to repeat these words after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins. I believe that you died and that you rose again on the third day. From this day forward, my life is yours. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. For me. Yes, he died for you. Praise the Lord. Let's give God glory. I know some people gave their lives to the Lord today.